Palau President Saranga Whips Jr. is on day two of his visit to initiate a Taiwan-Palau travel bubble. Speaking at a press conference Monday night, Whips said the travel bubble was made possible due to the foundation of mutual trust between Taiwan and Palau. He said Taiwan had proven itself to be a strong partner and true friend to Palau, in stark contrast to Beijing. Responding to a question about Palau's relationship with China, he compared it to an abusive marriage. Your country has been at the receiving end of pressure from China, very direct pressure, when they banned Chinese tourists from visiting several years ago. So when China comes knocking at your door to say, please let us in, please kick Taiwan out, what do you say to them? When the number of tourists in Palau climbed over 150,000, over 100,000 of them were coming from China. And that was a great boost to the economy. I got people excited. But... It was kind of like a teaser, you know. Um, next thing you know, we were banned and uh, tourism dropped. And, um, you know, I, I said, if you're, if you're in a relationship, you know, I, I use this example, you don't beat your wife to make them love you. That's not what you do. You, you <laughs> the, Following the press conference, Whips and his delegation attended a reception hosted by Premier Susan Tsang. Whips is scheduled to meet President Tsai Ing-wen Tuesday afternoon. The presidents are expected to discuss further cooperation between Taiwan and Palau in areas including infrastructure projects. Earlier on Monday, President Whips visited Taipei's Xinkang Wuhuo Shi Memorial Hospital for a medical checkup. Whips also went on a tour of the hospital, which has a long-standing medical partnership with the country of Palau. Palau's president waves to the crowd. After a morning of health checkups, he walked out of Xinkang Buhosu Memorial Hospital in high spirits. It had been the first stop of his Taiwan tour. He came to inspect the medical checkup facilities at our hospital as well as Taiwan's outstanding medical services. Staff at the hospital was fully prepared for the presidential visit. Ahead of the delegation's arrival, flags were staked out on the driveway. At 8 o'clock, the presidential motorcade drove in and headed straight to the underground car park. Three hours later, after the president and the first lady completed their medical exams, they posed for a photo with the hospital superintendent and medical staff, giving two thumbs up in approval. Just when he was leaving, he said that Taiwan's excellent medical technology and health checkup protocols were fantastic. I think he was very impressed by Taiwan's medical services. I think it's left a lasting impression on him. Since 2013, Xinkang Su Memorial Hospital has had a medical cooperation agreement with Palau. Every year, the hospital sends staff to Palau to offer services, and more than 4,000 Palauans have been referred to the hospital for treatment. On President Whips' first Taiwan visit, he made the hospital his first stop, spotlighting the institution and conveying confidence in the upcoming travel bubble. Kaohsiung's National Sun Yat-sen University will soon be home to Taiwan's first training center for Chinese-English bilingual educators. Education Minister Pan Wenzong made the announcement on Monday at a symposium hosted by Sun Yat-sen University. The training center will be supported by the American Institute in Taiwan as part of a deal it reached with Taiwan last December to cooperate on education initiatives. Yeah. 
Gaucher Mayor Chen Qimai and AIT officials greet each other warmly and exchange business cards. They're here to explore ways for Taiwan and the U.S. to collaborate on bilingual education. This marks a beginning. It's a very important milestone in Taiwan-U.S. collaboration in education. On the matter of Taiwan-U.S. cooperation in education, especially in bilingual education, there has been a great deal of discussion. The education minister said National Sun Yat-sen University will host the first bilingual education training center in Taiwan to further foreign language instruction and help make Taiwan bilingual in English and Chinese by 2030. In his remarks at the event, AIT Director Brent Christensen said the U.S. and Taiwan have a long history of collaboration in English teaching. The Fulbright program will enable 152 ETAs to come to Taiwan to teach this summer. I'm proud to say that Taiwan has the second largest ETA program around the world. In response to the nation's bilingual by 2030 policy, our university began promoting all English courses last October. Through this initiative, we can demonstrate to more foreign nationals that these interactions are not solely about language education. More importantly, they comprise the close people-to-people interactions between Taiwan and the U.S. While Taiwan mobilizes to improve its English skills, it's also positioning itself as a quality provider of Chinese language education for students in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world. Officials said that through bilateral education initiatives, Taiwan and the U.S. can grow closer in more areas than public health. We turn now to Learning Mandarin. A new Taiwan-Europe Connectivity Scholarship has welcomed its first cohort of European exchange students to Taiwan. Eleven Czech students have been studying Mandarin at Taiwanese universities with support from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The scholarship aims to strengthen friendly ties and build on Europe and Taiwan's shared political ideals. The 11 Czech scholarship students show off their new Chinese skills for the camera. They've been studying two months at National Sun Yat-sen and Zhengzhou universities, thanks to the Taiwan-Europe Connectivity Scholarship. In September, Milos Vistrichil, president of the Czech Senate, visited Taiwan, a trip that led to the birth of the program. It promotes links between universities, encouraging academic exchange and collaboration, and attracting European students to study Chinese in Taiwan. This scholarship uh, uh, enabled them not only to uh, study the exchange programs, but also uh, to study Mandarin Chinese when they are in Taiwan. So uh, this is really a wonderful opportunity for them. And I hope that uh, when they go back, they can uh, introduce this program to their friends and to, uh, uh, to, to their classmates. The foreign ministry announced 50 spaces for Czech scholars. This first cohort shared their experiences so far, including favorite foods and places they visited, and introduced themselves in Mandarin. Earlier this month, nine students at New York University's Shanghai campus were detained by Chinese police and two injured, prompting the mayor of Prague's Denek Hrib to draw a comparison between Taiwan and China. I believe that learn about the Chinese culture on Taiwan is much better than to learn about the Chinese culture on mainland China uh, because obviously it's better to do that in a country that shares our values. 
Crib himself studied in Taiwan as an exchange student 15 years ago. He was impressed by Taiwan's democracy and free society. Now, Taiwan-Czech friendship looks set to go even further, despite the challenges of the pandemic. Garlic lovers, take note. There's a new restaurant in New Taipei that takes the syrupy goodness of black garlic and takes it to a whole new level. It offers garlic-filled versions of many of Taiwan's favorite beef dishes. Beef noodle soup is served up with a delicate garlic aroma. The sweet fragrance of black garlic has seeped into the slow-cooked tendon. Meanwhile, flambéed strips of beef give the soup a roasted flavor. The soup is made not with bean sauce, but with lots of whole Hokkaido onions, marinated for a natural sweetness. The black garlic is caramelized in-house. Almost half this box will simmer here for seven hours, giving the soup an amber color. We use local Yunnan garlic, which has the highest allicin content in the world. Caramelizing takes time. It takes 15 to 20 days to mature. And also, actually, you need experience to do it right. Noodles are paired with morsels of beef as well as blow-torched marbled beef strips. That makes the fat start to melt and produces just a hint of roasted flavor. Every drop of the soup carries that roasted beef goodness, and on top, not spring onions, but garlic sprouts. That roasted flavor comes through the seared beef. It's actually a chemical reaction called the Maillard reaction. There's also a flambéed beef rice bowl doused in black garlic juice, which seeps into every grain of rice. Our boss likes to innovate. What he produced seemed completely different. He had friends try it out and then decided to start a business. For garlic lovers, it is a genius move. Take the star backup of many a meal and make it, quite simply, the star. The health minister says there's been no progress in Taiwan's efforts to procure 5 million Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine doses. Speaking to a lawmaker on Monday, Health Minister Chen Shizong said Taiwan was still in communication with the German manufacturer BioNTech to buy the vaccines. But he said the chances of reaching a deal had become increasingly slim. Taiwan was told its case would be delayed for an undetermined period of time due to issues in the vaccine supply chain. What is the progress of procurement of Germany's BioNTech vaccines? There has been no progress, but the chance of us sealing a contract has gotten smaller and smaller. The health chief was downbeat on the likelihood of getting the vaccines. In February, he said Taiwan's efforts to get the vaccine had been waylaid by, quote, outside interference. Now, more than a month later, there has been no progress in procurement talks. During our talks, they seemed to think there were problems in the global supply chain, so they felt that this procurement case should be delayed a bit. We asked how long the delay would be. They said it could be several weeks or several months. Chen said the BioNTech deal was in limbo, but that Taiwan had secured enough supply to keep its vaccine drive going. He was asked to identify the big buyers putting pressure on BioNTech to delay its deal with Taiwan. This pressure could be from all four corners of the earth. It could be any country in the world. We don't want to make conjectures, but rather we want to stay off the radar as much as we can. Asked if it was China, the United States, or the EU, Chen refused to name names. Meanwhile, there is good news on the domestic vaccine front. The National Health Research Institute said Monday that its DNA vaccine candidate is protective against several COVID variants. 
Medigen and United Biomedical have candidates in phase two trials. There's also the DNA vaccine developed by the National Health Research Institutes. We have been very concerned about the issue of mutations and variants. The latest DNA candidate we produce does, according to animal experiments, have protective power against the South African and UK variants. Taiwan aims to launch a domestic vaccine as early as the second quarter. It's now in the second week of an inoculation drive using AstraZeneca vaccines. So far, fewer than 10,000 doses have been administered to frontline workers. The government will decide Wednesday on whether to expand vaccines to more healthcare workers. The price of toilet paper may soon go up due to a steep rise in global pulp prices between January and March. Several paper manufacturers have already raised their rates for industrial paper. Experts say toilet paper could be next. Over this period, not only has the price of paper pulp gone up, demand for paper has also grown. Actually, some firms in Taiwan, such as Zhenglong and Rongcheng Paper and Packaging, as well as companies that use paper pulp, such as Paperstar, have already raised the price of industrial-use paper. As overall consumption increases, so does the demand for toilet paper. So the higher cost of raw materials could lead manufacturers to raise prices for toilet paper, as they already have for industrial paper. Consumers tend to be sensitive to the price of household necessities, such as toilet paper. For more than two years now, the government has worked with toilet paper suppliers to keep prices frozen. Risotto is a classic Italian rice dish very popular in Taiwan. One Taipei restaurant specializes in the dish, but adds a distinctive Taiwanese twist. Sumptuous Italian risotto, but with the unmistakable scent of Shaoxing rice wine. Shaoxing Dao's drunken chicken is fried, and extra Shaoxing cream sauce rounds off the dish. After a day soaking in wine, the chicken goes into the fryer, comes out to rest, then goes in for round two, leaving it crispy and tender. Then it's into the frying pan, joined by chicken stock, and Taikan 9 rice for a silky base. Green pine nut pesto sets the tone, with cheese and cream rounding off the richness. We marinate it in Shaoxing wine, salt and pepper and olive oil. We also make a Shaoxing cream sauce to increase flavor made of goji berries, Shaoxing rice wine and chicken stock. This garden on a plate is a pork risotto in disguise. The pork was salted in-house for the perfect flavor. After three days soaking in the Taiwanese spice Macau, the pork is cooked sous vide, then pan-fried to bring out the taste. The rice is seasoned with green and Sichuan peppers, then garnished with garlic shoots, the perfect pairing for pork. We have to be careful it's not too salty and spicy because the Macau and pepper will be very hot, so we wash it before putting it in the sous vide. In this dish, you can taste the Western cooking style but also more familiar flavors. This cuttlefish risotto is a classic favorite, garnished with tiger prawn. Whether you choose a black, white or green risotto, enjoy the familiar flavors of Taiwan. New Taipei's Yeliu Geopark has finally reopened its mysterious Zone 3 to the public. Known as the Queen's Secret Garden, this large area is home to many incredible rock formations, sea caves and unrivaled views of Taiwan's north coast. If you need a spring holiday destination, this beautiful moonscape could be the solution. 
A solution pan full of sunken holes. It looks like a gigantic painter's palette. This is the long closed off zone three, aka the Queen's Secret Garden. On the left, here is the solution pan, which is depressed. On the right, we have these protruding formations, which are a darker black color, like dragon eggs or gemstones. International media have been here, and they said this area of Yeliu looks just like the surface of the moon. This network of sea caves was once a popular location for lovers' trysts, earning it the name the Lovers' Caves. Further down the coast, you come to the very tip of the headland. These 24 protruding rocks are called the 24 Filio Exemplars Mountains, referencing a classic Confucian text. Visitors to Yelio are familiar with the marvelous rock formations of Zones 1 and 2, including the Queen's Head Rock and Tofu Rock. But the mysterious Zone 3 occupies four-fifths of the park's area. Open in the early days of the park, it was closed for renovation for years. Now finally reopened, it's full of surprises. Climbing to the peak affords a bird's-eye view of the northern cape. Here you can see more of the sea, and you can gently climb the hill. It's a really nice workout. Zone 3 offers everything you see in Zones 1 and 2, and even more. It has the largest sea cave and recently discovered species. Standing up on the Zone 3 lookout towers an amazing feeling. The pandemic has hit Yelio Geopark hard, with visitor numbers plummeting. The park hopes the reopening of the Queen's Secret Garden will give rock lovers old and new another reason to head down to New Taipei.